Oh, what it is, people. What it is. Welcome to your sa- Sunday night. Sorry, thought it was Saturday for a second there. Sunday night, 7 p.m. You love to see it. Episode 130 of the Pucknologist here on Teal Town, USA. <sighs> it was another bad week, folks, so we just have to dive right in. Joining me tonight, of course, Rocket Backhander. How are you? 56 game preseason. Oh, Everything is great. Put it on a AJ. t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> and Somebody will. Hockey jerk. So the Sharks uh, won zero out of a possible three games this week, which means that this podcast will either be 25 minutes or 125 minutes. Uh, your choice. You are not wrong, sir. Uh, <laughs> speaking of shirts, let's see what you're rocking tonight. Oh, still supporting it. Gotta love oh, it. Oh, <laughs> take it off. Take it off. Take it off. <laughs> ah, gotta love it. So, anywho, uh, remember to subscribe to us on the YouTube channel while you're here, please. And follow us on our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Discord, whatever. I'm sure we're on all of them. And if we're not, we will be soon. If you listen on Spotify or iTunes, iHeart, whatever, do us a favor, drop a subscribe and a review in there. We would appreciate that. And you can find social media links and more down below in the description. And if you'd ever like to support the show, you can use the Super Chat option when we're live. Or better yet, send a little something our way in the tip jar on Venmo at Teal Town USA. So this time around, kids, again, not the greatest week. Not the greatest week. We're going to talk goal values. Uh, a potential upcoming battle between the city of San Jose and the Sharks. And ask the question, have you had enough Patrick Marlowe yet? But first, let's get into the Sharks games this week. Uh, a week where the Sharks played three games and took one of a possible six points after the previous week taking zero of a possible eight. <laughs> Currently on an eight-game losing streak, one regulation win in their last ten games, somehow still sixth in the West. After 47 games played, and right now six points out of a playoff spot with nine left to play. Three games this week, two versus Vegas, one versus Minnesota, as we said, all losses. Uh, let's start with the first one. 3-2 loss and over to, oh, I'm sorry, shootout. Again, I don't care. Uh, Jones was in net. Line blenders in full effect. Marlowe breaks house record. Teams wearing Marlowe hoodies and gear, which was probably the most exciting thing that happened all week. Uh, the Sharks score the first two goals, cough up two power plays to Mark Stone, losing the shootout. They go 0 for 2 on the power play. They let in, well, like I said, two from Mark Stone, so they only killed three of five. Um, that's it. It's a shitty game. Rocket, your take. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. I have notes on this. Hold on a second. Confucius says, Our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. And they all got up and skated off that ice. Hockey jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually thought this game started well. I mean, up 2-0 to get things rolling. You know, Nikolai Kanijov, you know, with a a grade 3 goal and obviously Noah Gregor with a grade 2 goal. Um, which are both very good. And if you're wondering what the hell that means, stick around. Um, But as you said, I mean, the Golden Knights power play, specifically Mark Stone, um, basically came and said, okay, watch this. 
Um, you know, it was Stone from Theodore and Pacioretty, and Stone, and then Stone from Pacioretty and Theodore gives you an idea of who was hot for them a little bit. Uh, on this particular night. A little bit. Um, so, yeah, three players that Vegas didn't draft in the expansion draft, which makes you think. Um, although Shea Theodore was technically re- acquired at the expansion draft. Point being... Uh, Vegas was able to do what the Sharks have rarely been able to do this year, which is shake off the cobwebs when they're down 2-0, uh, get a couple power play goals, and end up winning the game. And you know what? Do you think Vegas cares that they gave up a point to the Sharks? Not particularly. They've won nine in a row, and you know the Pacific Division Championship is just waiting to be handed to them. Uh, so, yeah. Um, aside from that, I mean, not really after Noah Gregor's goal um, to start the second period, it was... It was all pretty much off the rails. I mean, the face-offs were kind of close. Maybe that's a silver lining. Um, but, you know, the fourth line, Donato, Leonard, Yoel Shellman, I mean, all three of them under 10 minutes. Say what you want about how they're playing, but I feel like in a game, you know, where you're close, the score is close, you should be wanting to roll all four lines, especially, you know, that line I thought played well um, when they got thrown together. So I don't really know how they ended up with with so few minutes on ice. Meanwhile, you know, Evander Kane's at twenty, just about 23 minutes, which to be expected. I mean, he's been the best forward this season, but still, like, spread it around. You know what I mean? Get everybody buzzing. <laughs> well, the, the one thing that's, that I still take away from this game is the fact that uh, early in the game, Shellman drills White Cloud. That's a call. Two minutes. Go feel shame. And then later in the game, McNabb drills Couture with almost the exact same hit. No call, nothing. We're fine. The inconsistency is so maddening some days. But we move on to the second game. 5-2 loss. Goals from Meyer and Hurdle. Same lineup as the previous, but Kozanash gets the start. Marlowe's 900th straight game because, you know, it was Marlowe week. Um, Timo from Shellman early into this, the first two and a half. And, you know, nice to see Timo score. Uh, It's been a hot minute. Of course, he's also been a hell of a turnover machine. And the story for me on this one, Burns was pissed off from the get-go, particularly at Pacioretty. (laughs) What was going on on this? But Burns seemed like a man possessed, Rocket. Yeah, uh, he really was in in a mood, if you will. I don't know if maybe the game prior... Pacioretty had done something that was just, you know, it's unacceptable or if it was something very early on that it was a precedent that needed to be set. But it was definitely out of character for Burns, I felt. Well, and I and I think, I mean, whether or not this precipitated it, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. But I know early in the season series, Pacioretty had a pretty suspect hit on Logan Couture. Um, and then I think in a, in a following game, you know, I think those two were, were beaking each other a little bit. So I'm, I'm wondering if it's just a situation where Burns is like, you know, we're going to cut the bullshit early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you look at the score and we talk about this every time the Sharks play Vegas, <laughs> like Vegas, like when Vegas sees the schedule, Ooh, we got the Sharks coming up. Like they're, they're licking their chops. They're, they're, they're tapping their fingers together because they know all they have to do is get the Sharks distracted and it's and it's and it's over and done with you know what i mean this game you know last game sharks are up 2-0 to start this game they're up 2-1 to to start and then and even go back you know the last games that were in vegas against this team you know 
Sharks have a lead and Vegas says, all right, we got to, you know, we got to, you know, distract them a bit, you know, dangle the carrot in front of them. <laughs> and they they let it get away from them again. Uh, you know what I mean? And the Sharks, you know, you look at the record, the Sharks are, I don't know, regulation versus overtime, but for simplistic sakes, 0-8 against Vegas this year. I'd be curious to know how many of those games the Sharks were leading at one point. Uh, wouldn't it be zero uh, and seven because they still have one left against Vegas at the end of the season? Do they? I don't know, dude. Are they all run together? <laughs> yeah, they do. You're right. Zero and seven. You're correct. But I, dude, I can tell you, three of them they were leading to start. Oh no, I'm with you. It's um, not good. Let's yeah. hit. Let's hit. Our jo- play bad again. <laughs> let's hit John John in the super chat. Thank you so much for your donation, John. Uh, AJ, hey. as you pointed out yesterday, Jones has reverted to form the moment Dubnik his competition left. And I don't think we're not going to get into that. Yeah, exactly. We are going to talk about that uh, in just a little bit. Uh, my notes on this one, um, they, they were just funny notes. Because at, at this point, I'm like, I'm just looking for anything because I know they're not going to win. <laughs> like, I just, I have no hope. Uh, I remember in this one, Meyer lost his footing as Theodore kind of nudged him. And so Theo got this weak call against him. But that didn't stop morons from saying, oh, what a flopper Meyer is. And it's like, clearly you weren't paying attention. Uh, Carlson took a soft hooking call. Uh, th- I mean, just some soft calls. Uh, but again, Stone would score a power play goal. It seemed to be a recurring theme this week. Um but it's amazing that this team has a Norris-winning defensive de- defenseman for a general manager, a defenseman for a coach, the NHL's most expensive defense, and somehow are so bad on the defensive side of the puck. <laughs> and you, you allow, oh, I'm telling you, and and you allow 40 shots on goal on your rookie tender in his second start. You want to you want to know something even better? Yes. Yeah. So between, as you mentioned. Defenseman as a GM, defenseman as a coach, most expensive blue line in the NHL. Add all that together, yes. Sure. Com- combined, <laughs> zero cups. Four, <laughs> z- well, whatever. But combined, four Norris trophies. Oh. <laughs> Jesus <Ow>. Christ, <laughs> dude, that hurts. <laughs> um. As Jerk pointed out, VGK 7-0 and versus San Jose, and in this game, they would, of course, clinch a playoff spot with this win. That, <laughs> that's so Sharks. Finally, a 5-3 loss versus Minnesota. This time, what? Uh, it, it really was a rotation on the bottom six this week. This time, uh, Blickfeld is in for Shellman. Uh, Pattering comes in for Shimmick. Jones gets back into the into the paint and and it lasted for about 19 seconds people uh that that was the goal bugner even calling out saying it was a horrible goal uh they allowed two more before the end of the first and then jones gets yanked for the eighth time this season and for the third time in his last six starts i i think <laughs> it's also worth mentioning that and i i want to say shang pointed this out on the twitter oh. Uh, <laughs> Martin Jones set a or set a personal best for times pulled in a single season. <laughs> and friends, let's remember this is a shortened season. If this was a real season, like a full season, we would be halfway done. Think, just be glad that the year the Sharks are ass, it's a shortened season. Dude, you are not wrong. 
<laughs> you are so because he's averaging basically getting pulled once every fourth start. They were yeah, ass is, last year. Yeah. Sorry. And, and, and we'll get to that too. <laughs> you know what though? Um, you gotta uh, have two cheeks to make a whole ass. Sil- silver lining here, AJ. I know you'll you'll enjoy this. Um, a hundred percent on the power play in this game. They went zero for zero. Yep. <laughs> and that, you know, funny you say that because I have that on my notes. And I'm like, you're playing a team that is playing their second night of back-to-backs. Like, they played L.A. the night before. So they're on the road, back-to-backs, and they can't even do enough to draw a goddamn penalty. And That's the other <sighs> thing that's weird, too, because they dominated in the face-off circle. They dominated at blocking shots. I don't know how this game got away from them. The defense. <laughs> Well, it was because of all that emotion that was spent during the first 15 minutes watching the Marlowe presentation. Dude, eat my ass. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, it was... Dude, don't get me wrong. It was a nice video. Really nice video. But, like, <laughs> like how many times are they going to let this poor <laughs> bastard down? <laughs> dude, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but, <laughs> like, man, when, dude, when, eyes when, on your when, own paper. You know, at Patrick Marlowe's funeral... Oh, Jesus. The, he's going to have this year's team lower the casket so that they can let him down one more time. Yeah. I saw it coming. And then they're going to raise a banner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, games played leader, you know, and, and yeah, I don't. Well, <sighs> I, I will say this was a game that, uh, Bugner seemed to really during the post game kind of intimate, like he's not going to come out and s- straight say it because, you know, chief wants a paycheck for the next couple of years. But, uh, Let's just say, you tell me, okay? Bugner's words, see, just listen, and we'll get into it afterwards. You have an influx of players coming and going. Um, sometimes those things are going to happen, but it's a tough time of year to have that happen. And we knew, uh, you know, going into the game that, you know, there's no secret. Look at their, you know, look at their lineup, look at our lineup, and, and you know, we're missing a little depth there. And, um, and, and you know, it got us early. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, uh, the second and third goal, that's where it got us. You look at, uh, you know, you look at Vegas's lineup in the last two games against ours. You look at Minnesota's. It's uh, a lot of things that got to go right to get, uh, um, you know, to get get a win, get back on track and, and uh, you know, and get some points. And uh, it starts from goaltending. Um, it starts from the giveaways to the defensive plays away from the puck. And, and you know, of course, uh, you know, special teams. So what I'm hearing is Bugner basically saying, look, our team isn't good enough to compete. Who puts together the team? It's not me. Doug. Yeah. It's, uh, we, he's saying, we lack the depth. We need a lot of things to go right in order for us to win. That is, to me, Bugner saying, yeah, we, we don't have enough. Yeah, well, and this is not the first time in recent memory that this has happened either. I can recall... Sp- specifically because I was at the game that this all started. Um, you guys remember those two or three game stretch where Tim Heed played Who? right wing on the fourth line? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. Like, you're you're like, and, and say what you want about Tim Heed, but pretty good uh, on the offensive side of the puck, I would say. Like, the fact that he's, you know, moonlighting as a fourth liner, I think, tells you everything you need to know. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> well, 
look, uh, I will say the funny thing is that during the post game, uh, somebody, I, I want to say it was Jesse Pierce, but somebody from the Minnesota media asked about Jones and they're like, you know, so, you know, it's difficult. Of course, you, 19 seconds in, let's in one, let's in three goals on eight shots. Is this an off night for him? And I'm like, off night? It's the third time in six starts. This is not a bug. This is a feature. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> He's, let Okay. 33 starts. He's been pulled eight times. That's 24%. Since Dubnik was traded, Jones has started six and has been pulled in half of them. In those six games, he posted a 789, pulled. Posted an 810. Posted an 833. Then he threw up a 792, pulled. Then, out of nowhere, the game against, uh, the second one against Vegas, a 950, and still lost. And then a 625 pulled. So the, the the thing that gets me is that there's some, you know, analytics person off to the side going, no, he's still over 800. We can keep him in. <laughs> so once that first number turns into a seven, yeah, fuck it, get the hook. <laughs> well, it's just like that scene in Fight Club where he explains the mathematics necessary in order to trigger a recall. Same thing. <laughs> Same process. <laughs> It's just like, you know, we we saw. So this is the this season. It's the third season that Jones has been bad, right? Mm-hmm. And the first two years, you know, oh, those whispers of a Jones buyout come out, and it's like, well, okay, hold on, because that first season maybe it's a weird, weird, fluky time, and then that second season, oh, you know, COVID, blah, blah, blah whatever. Now. <clears throat> Like I said, this time, these buyout whispers, they're already happening. We've talked about it weeks at a time, you know, and I'm really hoping that this time around it actually happens and there's not another justification that sort of falls out of the sky on why a buyout needs to be held off on. Because, you know, I think haters will say, oh, it's a flat cap environment and no revenue and blah, blah, blah. But you don't offer to spend more money at the trade deadline unless you have it. So mm-hmm. with that same logic in mind, a buyout I don't think should be something that's like super taboo at this point or in question because of the lack of revenue coming through. Like clearly money's not an issue. So I say just do it. It's a pretty tame buyout relatively speaking. Just do it. Well, I you have to do something because if you don't and you roll him out there yet again next season. Uh, what's the point? Well, <clears throat> what's the point? But the whole idea of like, look, you're going to be playing three consecutive seasons with essentially the same guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, what's the difference between the, the roster this season and last season? Essentially, no jumbo. But everything well, else is okay. kind of the same. I think certain players have actually taken positive steps True. compared to last season. Yeah, no, one but, of those would not be Marcus Sorensen. No, Mark. No, um, <laughs> but you know, like there, like I don't think it's total disaster. Like I think there are some. Like I look at my point Kayton. is that they they're not bringing they had they didn't bring in a difference no. maker, and I don't think no. they're going to do have something next year either. No, you're you're right, and like I said, you know, you look. I, you know, I point to Kane, Ferraro, Kanijov, Gambrell, LeBanc. These are guys who upped their game, but the guys who downed their game 
cancels out all the positivity that was generated. Like, you know, Martin Jones, who was brutal last year, is somehow worse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's just that idea of like, look, you can put racing tires on a jalopy. It ain't going to make the car go any faster. I'm just saying. No, you're right. So, look, final notes on the three games. The Sharks took the lead in both VGK games, could not hold it. Uh, the defensive choices have just been staggeringly bad, specifically Shimmick and Vlasic. Uh, Bugner, again, in multiple media calls this week, has kind of passively, aggressively said, this is Doug Wilson's fault. Um, look, And then, of course, the Sharks helped both Vegas and Minnesota lock up their playoff spots. Uh, and then we talked about the power play for a hot second there, but in 12 games played so far this month, the Sharks' power play is two for 33. And one of those came in a 5-1 loss to the Ducks. So that one that you did get, scored by none other than Patrick Marlowe, uh, but that one that you did get, not a real difference maker. Uh, the other one came in garbage time versus the Kings, who had a 4-1 lead at the time. That was scored by Timo. But the other thing that's kind of just gets you right in the, in the in the cherries, two for 33 over this time. During that same time, they also had two shorthanded goals. So it's like up one man, down one man. Doesn't matter. We're going to score two goals. <laughs> uh, so Jerk's favorite time. Of the show, of course. 47 games. The Sharks are 18, 24, and 5. Good for 41 points. At this time, last season, 21, 22, and 4. Good for 46 points. So, 5 points worse than last season. They have to go... Uh, it, 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 it's it's going to be significant. <laughs> There's 9 games yeah, left. Right? 4 versus Colorado. <laughs> yeah, four versus Colorado, four versus Arizona, one versus VGK. So, of course, the two questions are, will they get 11 points over the next nine games, which I think they pretty much need to get in order to beat their total from last season? And that would be a minimum of 5-3-1. and one. That's basically they need to sweep Arizona and get, you know, one more out of Colorado or the Vegas game. So <clears throat> I, I, I crunched the math here. Uh, so the Sharks, they've got, uh, as you said, AJ, they've got 41 points in 47 games. If you extrapolate that over a 70-game season, because that's what the Sharks had last year, yes, uh, that would put them, that same pace would put them at 61 points in 70 games. And for reference, last year they had 63 points in 70 games. So my hypothesis, if you will, um, as you said, it's in doubt. But I'm, I'm Stranger optimistic. things have happened. Stranger things yeah, have happened. You, you know, so it, it's, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, to <laughs> me, if, if they lose against Arizona tomorrow, it's, it's over. Like hope, all hope is gone. And, and, and when you say it, what are you referring, are you referring to being better than last year? Being better than last year, making okay. the, making the playoffs. Oh, dude, that was over two weeks ago. <laughs> dude, again, stranger things have happened. If they were to sweep Arizona, who isn't exactly lighting the world on fire right now. Oh, they've been they've been tumbling lately. Yeah. So Arizona has eight left. Half of them are against San Jose. They have two against Vegas. No easy road to hoe. 
and two mm-hmm. two versus L.A. Maybe a little easier, uh, but four at home, four on the road. But those four against San Jose. If San Jose has any hope in hell of making the playoffs, they have to sweep Arizona. Yeah, that's literally the only way they can pull it off. Now, conversely, St. Louis, of course, in the mix, but they have three games in hand. They have eleven left. One versus Colorado, but here's the one that gets you in the smalls. Five versus Minnesota. Two versus Vegas. But those three games they have in hand, oh, those just happen to be two versus Anaheim and one versus L.A. <laughs> oh, my God. Those are almost, those are nearly gimmies. Yeah. So, it's a shame. It's a shame that our uh, – it's a shame that our, our final um, eight games on the season aren't all against St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> No shit, right? So, uh, you know, the Sharks, they host two must-win games against the Coyotes coming up and then back-to-backs with Colorado. Um, To put it all in perspective real quickly, again, the Coyotes currently fourth in the division, one point ahead of St. Louis. Uh, Again, Blues three games in hand on the Desert Dogs. The Coyotes only three wins in their last ten games, but against San Jose this season – they are 3-0-1. Oh, Yikes. Now, following the Yotes, the Sharks travel to Colorado for back-to-backs against the Avalanche, uh, currently second in the division, four points behind Vegas. The Avs, 8-2-0 oh, in their last 10. And the thing that really gets you, they've only lost four times at home. And their record versus San Jose this season is 3-1-0, and oh, and two of those wins were shutouts. Well, so here's the thing. So what it is. you're you're so you're breaking it down here as you know oh the sharks they're looking up at Arizona and St. Louis. Well though the Am Kings of No, you're not <laughs> wrong, but something else to consider um you know uh a puff of of my smoke if you will. Um LA is one point behind them and has two games in hand. Jesus Christ. Wow. This this really could come down to like the f- last you know couple of days. No, dude, it's exactly what I said at the beginning of the year. All fifty six games are against your division, which means it is easier to tumble down the standings, but it's also easier to catch up. Uh-huh. Every game is a you know four point game, as they say. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So it's like you know even like Anaheim is dog crap this year but they're not out of it because the rest of their games this season are against the division well look no i thought i thought anaheim was mathematically eliminated have they not no um they actually you know what uh i believe you are correct if not already they're very close to but never mind points point still stands they should have probably been out of it weeks ago jesus uh quick quick uh quick one in the chat from tc smith is couture playing hurt yes (laughs) <laughs> with, I'll say probably. Well, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would say without a doubt. Chiefs banged up. He's taking a you lot like, of punishment this season. You you like what I said there? A puff of my smoke? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So once the Sharks are mathematically eliminated, uh, do we we think Kozenash finishes the majority of the remaining games then? Dude, I would put Jones on the frickin' taxi squad. <laughs> well, I mean, in a roundabout way, you, that's kind of answering my question. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know, 
Jones fans will say, well, what if we lose him to waivers? Bye. I don't think you have to. Well, no, I don't think you need to worry about that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, hold this live grenade for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, some, some GM is going to get talked into it. They'll, Doug will talk him into it. No, Dude, not, not without throwing a lot of other things there. Rocket, I, th- I seriously thought last summer that Ottawa would somehow get talked into it. Ottawa? I legit, because, like, at the time, cap floor team, need a starting goalie. I'm like, this totally has it written all over it, you know? But, I no, I think I think you're right. I think there's one, there's probably one team out there who's kind of, you know, giving it the horse eye and is sort of like, well, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe we can do something here. But a I would doubt it. in his head this ring, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Want to bet? <laughs> All right. Let's move into who's not, who's not the contract performance version of the game. <laughs> Did you hold on? Did you just say who's not, who's not? I might have. No, you, you know did. What? Did I? I thought you, you did that on purpose. Well, it's, <laughs> they're so bad. It's just one category. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, yeah, man. See, sometimes I, I crack myself up and I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> that is the perfect description for it. Uh, so playing up to their contract this season, uh, you know, I've got a few names. I would say Kane played value for his contract this season. Uh, Knizhov, Ferraro, uh, LeBanc, Balsers, and Gambrell. Those are the guys I would say that, yes, when you look at what they're paid, what they brought to the table this season, I would say, yeah, they, they, they made their money. Is there anybody I'm missing on that list? Uh, I would say if I would say Matt Nieto, if he wasn't hurt. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good pull. And again, he didn't like seven points in 28 games. Like that doesn't really jump off the page at you. But fourth line guy kills penalties. Like you know, I I think 700 grand. You know, I. I, I was not really a fan of Nieto his first tour around because it was like, oh, he's going to score all these points and he does this, this, this. When it's like, no, he's a bottom six guy who kills penalties. And now that he knows his role, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm down with it. You know, I'm down with the sickness, as they say. So I would throw Matt Nieto's name in that hat. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's slim pickings, as you as you alluded to. Um, not really a lot to pick from. Well, but I. I, I think too, it's good to identify because when it's when things are poor like they are right now, it's easy to just say everything is bad and you know we need to go full scorched earth. But I think it's good to, even if they're small positives, I think it's good to identify positives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I like I said, those seven or eight guys you mentioned, full marks. Uh, as they say, they had their guy. Yeah, <laughs> no laps need to be taken. <laughs> Uh, on the no side, uh, I think we can start with Martin Jones. Definitely not making his money. Oh yeah. You know, I don't know too many people that would continue to pay you. Uh, I forget. I think it was our buddy uh, Chester Chivo who said, you know, if you got a gig, you know, working thirty three days and you were sent home early, eight of them because <laughs> you sucked. Chances are you wouldn't have that gig for very long. But Martin Jones, of course. Uh, next up, Eric Carlson. I don't think Chief, you know, Burns 
playing a little bit better than him, at least points-wise. But uh, I also have on my list not making their money this year. Timo Meyer, Mark Edward Vlasic, Marcus Sorensen. And I, I may get pushback on this, uh, but I also have Shimmick and Donato on my list. And let me tell you why I have Donato before the people all lose their shit. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, Donato was pushed as like this is going to be like the second uh, the second line guy. This is going to be a guy who solidifies the top 6. And since then, like he and he had a decent, you know, he had a pretty good start. And what have we seen? We've seen Balsers get moved up the ladder quicker. We've seen uh Leonard get more ice time than him. And recently we saw Donato get booted off the power play. So I think, you know, for expectations, mm, you know, it's kind of the same thing back in the day when, what was it, Bodker was like penciled in to be that top six guy and failed miserably. And I'm not (laughs) saying Donato failed like Bodker, but either way, not what we were sold for expectations. No. Can I let me if I can argue the other side of that? So no, you may not. You, <laughs> no, you're you're you make very good points. You're correct. You know, Donato was going to. There were there were questions. Oh, we only have four top six forwards. Who's going to step up? And it became very clear early on it was going to be Donato. Like you said, he started well, but when when those predictions were made about Donato, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't known that John Leonard was going to make the team. It wasn't known that Rudy Balsers was going to come back. You know, n- those aren't really excuses, but just kind of saying like things change and whatever. Well, but, and that's the thing is, if both those guys w- weren't here, Donato probably is in the top six just because of lack of choice. Sure. Yeah. But and then you know you say and and you you're correct. You say you know not meeting expectations in terms of. Um, the skill. I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. Not meeting expectations in terms of what we all wanted. Again, I'm with you there. But I look at it, I look at Ryan Donato as a guy with 20 points in 47 games, and if you punch that in and you math that out over an 82-game season, it's 35 points. Not bad for a guy making $1.9 million. Well, what's, so, Sor- what's Sorensen got at 1.5? Uh, five points in 29 games and if you did that over 82 games you're looking at 14 points uh so again i agree in terms of what we wanted in terms of the skill donato's not there but in terms of the dollars in his bank account i think he's right where he needs to be well and how how many games has Sorensen played 29 no i'm Yes, 29. 29. And we're at 47. So basically <laughs> he's missed. Game 47, yeah. Yeah, he's missed like almost half the season, right? And I know he missed some because of the Rona, but. Yes. But uh, it I, was a false positive, so he wasn't actually sick. <laughs> Either way, right. though, it's like that's a lot of healthy scratches. Anyway. Um, so there we go. Let's move on to the next one, which is uh, Jerks. Goalie, or I'm sorry, Jerk's goal value module has been created. I don't know why you're giving me credit for this. This was your idea. It was my idea, but you brought it to fruition. Sure. And I love Basically, it. Basically, what it is, what, what it is, is, what it is, is, 
all the time, and, and the three of us, we've debated, well, okay, and, and we always make the argument, well, AJ does, oh, Milan Mahalik had 29 goals this year. <laughs> well, how many of them were empty nets? How many of them were in garbage time? How many of them were whatever? And then AJ will say, well, Jeremy Roenick's first year with the Sharks, he had 13 goals, 10 of them were game-winning goals. That's a high-value goal. And so, you know, it, the hamster wheel started spinning, and it was like, okay, well, how do you determine goal value? And so with that, we have created the goal value module where your goal is either a low value goal. So garbage goals, empty net goals that don't really matter. Um, a goal that is like, yeah, five minutes left and you're either up or down by five. Yeah. Literally, if the goal was not scored, the outcome of the game does not change. Mm -hmm. Then you have mid value goals. Maybe it brings you within one. Maybe it brings you. Um, closer, just throughout the normal goals throughout the course of the game. Then you have high-value goals. You open the scoring, you tie the game, you get a game-winning goal. Those are high-value goals. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use your medicine against you here. Uh, you're being a Ryan Donato hater, but did you know that five of his six goals this year are high-value goals? There you go. So Well... Maybe there's something to it. Yeah, I'm saying it. <laughs> it, it. It's it's an analytic that I think you can be of value. And then who who has the most high value goals this season? That would be, um, let's see, most high value goals. It's a tie between Tomas Hurdle and Kevin LeBanc. They both have seven high value goals. Even more interesting, LeBanc's got seven high value goals. He's only got ten on the year. So you, you think, yeah. So it he should does... he, but sh but should he be benched? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Catch go with, me on no. Facebook Live to find out more. Uh, yeah. So oh it's 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 interesting. I think this is something that we're definitely going to uh, think about going forward. We might have to track this on the Teal Town website. Just going forward, I think it could be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Add, add it. Add it to my bio. There you go. Uh, okay. I have to ask the question. Does anyone else? Oh, the Sharks are not making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> no. Does anyone else have Patrick Marlowe fatigue? Like a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you, are you tired of hearing about this guy? And it's, and the whole thing is, it's not his fault. It's everybody else, you know, making all the big deal out of it. But you can tell, like, Chief is tired of talking about this crap, and, and I think a lot of people were tired of hearing it. Well, if the team were any good, they'd have other positive things to talk about. Unfortunately, poor Patty gets saddled with being the one lone Bethlehem star-sized bright spot of the season. You're right. I was going to say Rocket. Bang on there. And you know what? The the positive out of all of this Marlowe talk, it means, it means that the Sharks' most recent happiest memory is not game seven against vegas anymore <laughs> we don't have to keep, keep hanging our hat on that here's the thing i love that game as much as the next person i was there i lived it but if your happiest moment is two years ago like you, what does that say about how things are uh, you know? yeah and 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 the same thing with patrick marlowe like patrick marlowe joined the Sharks more or less around the time that I became a fan. You could argue that my life and Patrick Marlowe's career have progressed at a commensurate rate. 
But well, even I'm kind of like, dude, let the poor guy play hockey. If you <laughs> were watching you. the game against Minnesota, you know, the Sharks are losing poorly. And 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 Randy Hahn is saying, oh, be sure to stick around. We're going to talk to Patrick Marlowe about the record. He's got a message for the fans. And my whole thing is, why? <laughs> <laughs> Have we not already heard this? No, it's that's it's a great point that, yeah, you need something positive. Because up until the Marlowe thing, like, what was the biggest positive we had on this season? Like that, dude, uh, the uh, biggest positive uh, dude, was the Vegas comeback two years ago, dude. No, the, um, but that's what I'm saying is up for until the Marlowe thing, the biggest positive for this season was a member of the coaching staff finally getting from Canada to the U.S. Like, how long did that take? Oh, yeah, god, that took like four months. Dude, that's what I'm saying. I was like, he's finally here, and we're like, he still works here, like, we all okay, whatever, Who? yeah, so. Uh, I don't know how you don't sell the patch that was on the 12 patch that everybody wanted, but fine, whatever. Uh, so look, does Marlo get into the Hall of Fame? Yes. No. For, first ballot? No. Okay. Yes. Because, okay, haters will say, oh, he has the games played record. That's what haters will say. But here's the thing. It's the Hockey Hall of Fame, <laughs> not the NHL Hall of Fame, and Chiefs got two Olympic gold medals. Oh, great point, because a lot of people point to, you know, like no individual awards, uh, you know, never challenged. I think like the highest he ever or the closest he ever got to winning an individual award was uh, I want to say sometime in the early 2000s. He almost got a lady bing. I think he was like second in, in voting. <laughs> yeah, he was in. Uh, yeah. 2000. OK, so um, sixth in Calder voting back in 98, third in Lady Bing voting back in, uh, in 06, um, fourth in Bing voting in 09. Um, wow. Sixth in Bing the following year, uh, fourth in Bing in 2011. So in the Bing conversation for a while, but, um, got a couple of top 10, uh, Selkie votes in that time as well. Got a top 10 heart vote as well, man. Somebody must've really loved him that year. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. Was well, that okay, the year that he had like eighty-two points or something? Yeah, he got eighty-three points in eighty-two games. Ninth, a ninth, pla ninth place in heart voting. Does um, Marlo get a bang before the end of his career? Probably not. I don't think he plays enough minutes to qualify, or not to qualify, but to even be in the conversation. But you know, he's got the games played record. Um, two Olympic gold medals. He's, you know, gone to the all-star game, I believe three times in his career, potentially four. Um, and in the conversation for the lady Bing for a while. So it's, I mean, it's not a Joe Thornton career, but it's yeah. a hall of fame worthy career. I would say if you ask me what the definition of hall of fame is and then apply that to Patrick Marlowe, I would say no, probably not. But based on the precedent that's been set with previous hall of famers, I say there's no way he's not there. Well, Marty T bring in the chat bringing something at you said, but if it's not the NHL Hall of Fame, you can open up arguments at Howe's tenure in the WHA. Correct, but I, you're you're absolutely right. But I'm not. I don't know what. <laughs> where are you going with that? <laughs> Give me a follow up. Well, the, because you said it's the Hockey Hall of Fame, not the NHL Hall of Fame. That is correct. So there's in Howe's games played then doesn't count. The WHA. Yeah, because but because the record is NHL games played. It's not hockey games played. Uh, okay, then. See? Marty, question games, asked yeah. and answered. 
Oh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope I didn't sound like a dick there because I wasn't trying to be. But. <laughs> okay, 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 Mr. Burns. Uh, so look, uh, there was some great videos, great messages. You saw members of the San Francisco Giants, the A's, uh, other hockey players. Uh, but I think we can all agree that the video that meant everything to everybody came out of Toronto. Hey, Patty, just want to congratulate you on an amazing milestone and accomplishment. I know myself and Mitchie, uh, it was a huge honor and a privilege to get to know you and play with you for two years and, and build an amazing friendship. We want to thank you for letting us, Joe. Uh, he's been a constant pro with us the whole time as well, another fatherly figure. Um, I want to congratulate you on this awesome accomplishment and uh, have fun with your family, pal. Uh, how much fun did they have doing that? <laughs> he just never has clothes on. I, I honestly think he's a nudist. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My, you know, my takeaway from that, and, and like, it, okay, it's a video for Marlo. Yes, it's Maple Leafs, guys, but it's for Marlo. It's for the Sharks, you know what I mean? And I was kind of getting a kick how if you go on Twitter, you we always say, how how does this get us, you know, back to the Maple Leafs. You know, how does this affect the Leafs? <laughs> and you saw so many Maple Leafs fans say, look how funny our team is. And it's like, it's not, not about, about you. you. <laughs> but everything is about the Maple Leafs. You know, you looked at all the videos, like a lot of, of course, uh, former players that he, you know, whether it was Mark Smith or Setaguchi, Dan Boyle, uh, I think what Tony Granado was in there. I mean, it was a long line of people. Mysteriously absent, uh, Jeremy Roenick. I wonder why. <laughs> huh. Jeremy Roenick threw out a tweet. <laughs> was it a gutless tweet or? Uh, well, no. He um, he he posted that graphic. Uh, you know the one where it's like how and Marlowe like animated standing next to each other oh. and it's got the banner and all this stuff. It says pretty incredible accomplishment, accomplishment, hashtag Patrick Marlowe. Of course, everybody <laughs> piled on slam bang him in the, in the replies, you know, would you say it takes guts to play that many games? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you boy. had to know. You had yeah. To know. He would have been yeah. better off just not saying anything. Yep. Although yeah, well, I think you could describe that for most of Jeremy Roenick's career. <laughs> Jeremy, very true. Yeah, well, it's like, and, and here's the thing, you know, Jeremy Roenick can, you know, he can say that they patched it up and, and moved on uh, all, all he wants. But here's the thing, and I don't know if any of you have read Jeremy Roenick's book. There's a chapter or at least parts of a chapter in his book about how much he doesn't like Marlowe. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's more to it. I haven't actually read the book, but I'm pretty certain he spends a decent amount of time talking about his issues with him. Man, oh, yeah. well, hey, you know what? I'd rather have that though than just hearing the same cliche bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Say what you want about Jeremy Roenick. At least he gave you his honest opinion. Yeah, like you, you can't f f fault him for that. Like you might disagree with what it is, but at least he's being honest. Instead of yeah, you, the same BS over and over. Yeah, you know, honest about his desires for a threesome too. Look where that got him. Yeah. Ew. A bye bye. <laughs> so. Boing. <laughs> Boing. <laughs> so, uh, big news dropped earlier today, and I thought we, huh? Is it? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just messing with you. Uh, no, it's pretty big fucking news, dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> look, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on the scroll. So for those of you watching, you know, if you're if you're listening to the show, the uh, this what is going to be in the scroll here will be in the show notes below whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Uh, but look, the Downtown West project that Google is putting together, it's scheduled for a review by the City of San Jose's Planning Commission this Wednesday. Uh, but to voice your concerns about the future of SAP Center and the Sharks with this planning commission, you have to email planning support staff at sanjoseca.gov no later than noon this coming Wednesday, April 28th. Now, you can also share your concerns with the elected members of the city council by emailing city.clerk at sanjoseca.gov. Now, I'm going to keep that scroll going up there for anybody who wants to, you know, pull down those email addresses, but the gist of it that was, uh, you know, it was a rather long email that was fashioned today, but the gist of it is basically how the city uh, is moving along with Google and SAP Center and the Sharks are, they're not even being considered. And it sounds as if there's a lot of... uh, assumptions being made that this is just going to happen. Now the sharks have said over and over they're concerned about the impact of multiple projects surrounding SAP all happening concurrently, which would obviously have an issue on people trying to get in and out of events there, not to mention what it would, how it would decimate parking, uh, just making it severely difficult to get there. And another option that was part of this development is changing Santa Clara Street, for those of you who don't know, is kind of like the primary thoroughfare getting in and out of that area. Right now, it's two lanes in each direction. They're talking about making it one lane in each direction. So, gridlock. And part of this development, and this is the weird thing that never gets mentioned in any of the stories, the Sharks control... Lots A, B, and C. That's the the A lot is the one across Santa Clara Street. That usually that's where season ticket holders park, and then what is called B and C. That's the you know big concrete parking on the north side that's attached to the building. The Sharks have to sign off on that to let to give control of that over to Google and to be able to develop on that. They can say no, fuck you, because. They want something either equal or better than what they already have. And right now, there's nothing. And so, at this point, it sounds like the Sharks are like, no, you can go fuck yourselves because you're not, you're not trying to work with us. We're like, you know, bullet point 27 out of your concerns on how to make this work. Well, and if you, and if you look back to prior emails too, you know, they're, the the operating position was always you know we we haven't been consulted but we're ready we want to step in we want to be at the table and yep. the email that came out this afternoon was very much like you know more or less saying we've changed our stance to being firm and if you want it come take it yeah because the city is is and it's it sounds like it's more the city than anything but the city right. is just kind of like no 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 man we want that google money up in here and we don't give a mm-hmm. shit what it does to the SAP center and all the people that events there attract you know mm-hmm. we want that google coin i mean there's so many layers to it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. maybe google gives you more money up front maybe but the you know san jose uh you know 
San Jose Shark Sports and Entertainment, you know, they who runs the the Sharks, the Barracuda, the Tank, Sharks Ice, all of these different properties, they're going to bring you they'll bring you less money up front, but more money long term, guaranteed coin every year. And that's just for hockey games. We're not talking about concerts, we're not talking about, you know, mixed martial arts, wrestling, boxing shows, you know, motocross, monster trucks, all the bullshit they run through there. Like <laughs> there's so Tony much money. Dion, Tony Robbins. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, even the stuff that nobody cares about is making money for somebody. <laughs> you know Facts. what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's just crazy to me. But not only that, but like if I and here's the thing, I, I obviously don't live in San Jose anymore. But if I see somebody with a wearing sharks paraphernalia, I'm gonna look at them and be like, Hey sharks or hey San Jose. If I see somebody wearing a Google shirt, I will literally roll my eyes. And that's not me being ridiculous either. I've literally rolled my eyes when I've seen that. So, you know, money is everything. But, dude, like building a brand that brings the people of your city together, something where you can – you see a Sharks logo and you say San Jose, California. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and so it's just crazy to me from the perspective of making money and, and – and, and, uh, citizen engagement if you will um but also the fact that there are some from what i understand some pretty ironclad deals that are sort of being threatened through this whole thing as you mentioned aj with the parking lots um that are adjacent to the sap center so it's just a lot of it's a lot of garbage you know what i mean and as an aside too you're talking about um santa clara street potentially being smaller look I'm I'm somebody who's very much in favor for buses and bikes and scooters and walking. I love all that stuff's great. But if you want to base your society around that, you need to improve the infrastructure that will allow it. Making the road smaller and trying to fit cars and the 22 bus, bikes, scooters, walking, a Googleplex, the tank. Like like AJ said, you know, gridlock. You know, there's not going to be room for everybody. Yeah. Well, th- if the vast majority of the season ticket holder for the for the Sharks, it, I don't know, if they all like lived within five square miles of the tank, then sure. <laughs> but that's not the case. In fact, the way I understand it, like 2% of their season ticket holder base is within a five-mile radius. And, yeah. you know, for the people that say, I don't know, live in Saratoga, Los Gatos, you know, Los Altos along that 280 corridor or Santa Cruz. I'm sorry, public transit, not an option. Well, and that's the thing. I guarantee you, dude, I would bet two-thirds of the shark season ticket holders, not not everybody, just season ticket holders, I guarantee you two-thirds of them live, you know, 25 minutes away from the tank, minimum. Mm-hmm. Like, puck... Puck guy lives in Concord, and that dude, yeah. you know, finds enough reasons to go down to San Jose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, friend of mine lived in San Francisco and used to take the train. That's what I'm saying. Our yeah. friend of the show, Jessica, she's a season ticket holder. She lives in Gilroy. You think she's jumping on the bus at 10 o'clock at night? No chance. Right. Well, uh, friend of the show, Shalana Goldman, has made taken the train to and fro San Francisco. You know, but she has to bail early if she wants to catch that train before it bails. Again, that's another thing where it's like, we want people to take public transit. Okay, can you uh, run a train like at 1130? No, no, we can't do that. 
Well, and and, well, and here's the other, <laughs> and here's the other thing is you know I've I've been known to take the and and you know what let put it on the cards I've been known to take the 73 VTA bus to and from Sharks games, but I also lived by Happy Hollow. And if you're not familiar with the VTA bus routes, the 73 bus will take you from Happy Hollow to first in Santa Clara, at which point you are nine minutes away from the tank by walking. Mm -hmm. So public transportation worked for me because it was one bus and it was very easy. But as you said, Shalena, who lives in San Francisco or comes from San Francisco, Jessica in Gilroy, uh, Puck Guy in Concord. I know people who live in Redwood City. I know people who live in Santa Cruz. Like you said, AJ, I know people who live in fucking Truckee. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you're not jumping on a Greyhound bus to go to a Sharks game. No chance, Lance. So, yeah. so pe the bottom of the bottom line is that people are going to drive to games. They have to. Yeah. Uh, and then it's also a case of as well. Look, what is it? Or what about like, hey, I'm going to work, but I can't leave work, get home. And then turn around, get on public transit to go to a game. It's like, no, I'm going to go from work and then I'm going to go, I don't know, have a beer at, uh, what, what's the, what's the beer garden that I, that I like going to on the second story over there by, by the Whole Foods. Yeah. Whole, Whole Foods. Foods. Forget the name of the beer garden there, but you know, like, look, I'm going to get there, go there right after work, have a little, uh, beer at Whole Foods, or I'm going to pick up something at San Pedro. Either way, it's, I work near the tank but i live way over here so yeah i have to take a car you know for those people on on the the midweek games it's just i don't know the san jose the city it, it they just it seems like they're just being blinded by the google coin and the, i i just <laughs> i don't understand why I, I, the other thing that kind of gets me is i'm surprised that the people from like o flats or San Pedro Market Square, all those types of businesses, the ones that really feel that impact every time there's an event, how they're not sitting there going, you know, hey, F you. Now, granted, some of them might be saying, eh, we'll, we'll get people from Google, so it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, just, it's very difficult. I okay. Well, yeah, and, and you know what I'll say as an aside, too? I And now... Rocket and I, we both, you know, I'm not going to say anything. Don't worry. But we, we both know where AJ lives. I would pay money to see you lime scooter from your house to the tank. Oh, oh dude. my God. If we're talking like it's 80 degrees out, oh, I'm going to make it happen, Captain. I would love, dude, you jump. Cause I already the know tank, the route. I already know the route. Well, that's I'd what take. I'm saying, dude. The tank, to, the tank to your house on a lime scooter, I would say 20 minutes. Maybe 25. I could be roadkill. That's it's dangerous. About, I think it'd be about five miles. Dude, mm. I, I, dude, I lime scootered. I'll tell you this right now. I lime scootered from um, Coleman Shopping Center to the plant. So it's it's doable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Chris, uh, you know, our buddy Chris, very uh, familiar with the area. And he's on here on the chat. says, look, if you live in San Jose, public transit is a 50-50 as an option, <laughs> like if you live in San Jose, it's uh you know it's fifty fifty. Yep. And, and, and <laughs> hold on, and that's... hold on. Let me finish with him. Uh, so born and raised in San Jose, transit from my parents to the tank is ninety minutes. Yikes! Are you yeah. kidding me? And that's the thing. It is fifty fifty because like I, 
Because, <laughs> you know, like I said, for me, public transit, I was the 50% that it worked for. Dude, my house to the tank on the VTA bus, like 25 minutes. Easy, you know? Mm-hmm. But I know some like I know some people who live um, at the end of Almaden Expressway and are a Sharks fan. You think they're jumping on a bus to go to the tank? No uh, way. No. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Who's this? Maple Leafs Media. Thanks for letting us borrow Jumbo. We already played the video, damn it. <laughs> but but, no, but again, uh, on how, behalf of funny their team look how funny their team is yeah but on behalf oh of everybody God. in san jose you're welcome yeah uh you chris keep... chris pointing out 250 days of lunch you know the lunchtime business preferable to 41 nights a year yes i understand that and i i, I agree with you but it's more than 41 nights a year i was gonna say it's not 41 nights because you have preseason postseason non-hockey playoffs events. Well, playoffs. playoffs. I know. (laughs) But also, you know, think like how many people did they say are going to work for Google? Maso Menos, like 10,000, maybe more. I don't know what the numbers are, but I think at the very least it would even out because these events would have more people, you know, and, you know, you think about it. What's going to bring you more money if you have, you know, you've got, you know, Joe Businessman who goes to buy a Togo sandwich or, you know, Joe from the bridge, who's thirty Miller lights deep after a Sharks game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? look, the the point of the whole thing, like you can sit here and debate, like what is more of a financial impact, but the the whole the bottom line is like, look, you guys need to work together on this, like include the Sharks because this is stupid. Look, let's let's move on. It was too much. <laughs> All right, so for around the NHL, yeah, there wasn't a lot with the exception of Robin Leonard just lighting up the NHL with comments about COVID restrictions not loosening up and then kind of walked back the comments the next day after Bill Daly was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but that, that seemed to uh, set off a lot of people. Uh, it's, everybody's tired of COVID. I don't know. I still think, like, I still think he, he kind of makes a fair point because – you know, it's it's like from what I understand, the NHL protocols are basically as strict as like March and April 2020 lockdown. And, yeah. you know, COVID like COVID is out there and it's always lurking. But like if I'm going to the grocery store or if I'm going to work and I have my mask, I feel relatively safe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't feel I don't feel totally like plastic bubble, but I don't feel like I'm totally in danger either. You know, they said they've had something like uh, 900 reported cases of the flu, and usually they have 250 thousand or something like that. So, like, because everybody's wearing masks, nobody's getting sick, mm-hmm. uh, like the flu. So it's almost safer now than it was before because Absolutely. we're all wearing masks. Well. Anyway, that literally, that's the only thing that was worth talking about from around the NHL this week. It was yeah, a boring week. Very. Yeah, the only thing that I thought was kind of, um, I don't know, maybe interesting, um, more for the laugh, uh, if you're listening live, Mika Zibanejad had a hat trick tonight, and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't against the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> so, I don't know, that's kind of funny. Um you know, as, as as for those who don't know, he famously torched the Flyers um, about a month or two back. <laughs> as you tend to um, do. Yeah, I don't know. It, like, 
aside from the Leonard thing, I just feel like everything was very pedestrian. You know what I mean? Like everything happened the way the way it was supposed to. Like nothing really exciting happened. You know what? Yep. Speaking of pedestrian. Uh, it doesn't get much more pedestrian than the minor league boys. <laughs> it was a bad week for the CUDA, too. You thought the Sharks were bad. Yeah, bad week for the CUDA as well. Two games against the San Diego Gulls lost both by a combined score of 11-3. to Yay. Nice. Uh, goals coming from Bergman, Blickfeld, obviously before being called up, and Alex True. Right now in the month of April, the CUDA are playing 500 hockey. So far, five wins, five losses, and a shootout loss. So, uh, currently, the CUDA have a record of 12, 11, 4, and 2, sitting fifth in the AHL Pacific. Blickfeld continues to lead the team in goals with 12 and points with 22. And similar to the Sharks, uh, the Barracuda have eight games left, and half of their games are against the division leading Henderson Silver Knights. So, Good luck, San Jose. Uh, I think what we're all kind of recognizing is um, it's not going to be a lot of hockey in San Jose after May 12th. I think we can pretty much Ooh. start opening up your calendar. Yeah. So let's move on uh, to our tweet of the week. You love to see it. Oh, the tweet of the week. And this comes to us from local broadcaster for 95.7 The Game, Damon Bruce who earlier today tweeted out, can the Bay go four for four today? No, they can't because the Sharks don't play today. And this, again, just kaboom, another example of how local sports talk radio doesn't give two shits about the Sharks. So let me ask you this then, AJ. What you're saying is... Somebody that professes to be a voice about Bay Area sports should be informed about all Bay Area sports. Dude, call me crazy, but yes. Uh, I, we'll have to get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the dude can like name like ha- uh, like everybody on the Chicago Blackhawks roster because he's from like that neck of the woods. Oh, but good for all- him. But, uh, the, you know, this is a guy who every time the Sharks lost the playoffs, he just automatically blamed it on Marlowe or Thornton. Oh, the uninformed fan. Yeah. Uh, those are my people, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, Damon Bruce, you are our tweet of the week for that one, bro. I mean, you literally get paid to talk about Bay Area sports, and you can't even be bothered to read a damn calendar. Come on, you're better than that, dude. You're better than that. For Christ's sakes. Your buddy with Ted Ramey. He knows. So, uh, let's wrap it up, guys. Uh, you can follow her at rbackhander76. You can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at aj underscore strong. And if you have any co- questions or topics you want to hear us bandy about or just questions in general, uh, if you'd like to know how much better a Coke is than Pepsi, you can hit up Hockey Jerk. He will let you know all about it. Uh, if you want to know about what Sephora, I don't know, some sort of beauty tip, makeup secrets, uh, Rocket will let you know what it is to wear teal lipstick. So you can hit her up. Yep. That's true. So, uh, Rocket, famous last words. Confucius says life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. 52 game preseason, kids. 56. 
56. 56. <laughs> the, the last four is just going to drop off. No, no, <laughs> Maybe that's last four will actually count. Oh, no shit. Hockey jerk. <laughs> uh, Connor McDavid. Oh, Christ. That guy. He has he has seventy seven points in forty five games. He's on pace for ni- he's on pace for ninety six points. And no kids, that is not in an eighty two game season. That is in a fifty six game <sighs> season. Damn. Have they already 90, shipped the heart to his house? Ninety six points in fifty six games. I'm kind of hoping he just he he has a he sees that and he says okay, watch this, and he ups the pace to a hundred points in a fifty six game season. Because that would be incredible theater, but. You make a solid point, AJ. McDavid, 77 points. Leon Dreisettle, 64 points. Third on the Oilers, Tyson Berry, 38 points. Sheesh. Who is bringing home the gravy for Edmonton? I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious. Uh, is, now let me ask you this. Is Edmonton in a playoff spot right now? Uh, yes. They, they've they been kind of jumping rope with second and third in the Canadian division with the uh, Winnipeg Jets. They're currently third in the division pretty comfortably. They're seven points ahead of Montreal. I'm going to be real interested. Cause how, how long's uh Connor Mc- been in the league now? Is this like his sixth season? Yeah. Season? Season? Yeah, this is, sixth? This, is sixth, this is his sixth year. Yep. And, and I'll say this. Um, lastly, while we're on the subject, when McDavid signed his big ticket extension a few years back, and I, I said... For Connor McDavid to be worth this contract, he needs to score a hundred points a season. And here's the thing: in those four, in the four seasons since he signed the contract, he's either scored a hundred plus points or been on pace to score a hundred plus points, and then didn't finish the season. So, hmm. How, how's Eric Carlson doing during that same? Stretch? I was going to say McDavid has taken my foot and jammed it right into my mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, still no word on if Eric Carlson will hit 20 points this year. He's sitting at 18, Ugh. but it's really anybody's guess. Jesus. Uh, finally, from the chat, uh, I can't remember another eight-game losing streak in franchise history. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can. F- I can. Shang. Okay, everybody put your hands down. We'll call on you in a moment. <laughs> Uh, no, Shang actually listed it earlier today, uh, but I think, what, this is their eighth time that they've done this? I mean, the one that is, of course, the most famous is when they dropped 10 in a row in 05, and then halfway through the game, it was announced that they had just acquired Joe Thornton. It's it's the second losing streak of eight or more games this century, and we're 21 years in. And only the they second lost, time. Yeah, eight eight uh, losses <laughs> in a row in 2021, 10 in a row in 2005. To go any earlier than that, as Shang pointed out, uh, 97, <laughs> I think, 96. Well, the whole thing is, it's like, dude, THC, I don't mean to, uh, to, to beat up on you, but it's like, I can't remember another, you know, eight-game loss in the franchise history. You clearly did not watch the second season of Sharks Hockey. Like what did they didn't they win like twelve games the entire season? I think well, was and, it seventeen in a row or thirteen in a row that they lost? It was, I think it was seven. Yeah. Well, and and Sheng qualified in his tweet that those eight game losing streaks didn't include oh, the ties. first two years. The, well, so, well, they didn't. They didn't include the first two years when they were astronomically bad. Wait, yeah. in in fifteen sixteen wasn't there a a, a time when they lost like? 
nine or ten in a row. No. Not in I know what you're talking about, though. They lost, they lost like five in a row or something, and then they went on a road trip and won yeah. all the road games. I remember yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so famous last words for me, of course, you know it's coming. That washed-up has-been loser of a player, Joe Pavelski, only has tw- <laughs> 20 goals, 43 points, and right now is a plus 20. Oh, what a has-been. Washed up. You know what? When we're, when we're on Discord here after the podcast, I'm going to look up the goal value for all 20 of his goals. You know what? I think uh, when it comes to the to the threes, you know the 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 highest ones. I think out of those twenty, I think you might only find like seven, but still pretty significant. Sure. You know, I would say I would say uh, probably close to half, because like half of his points came on the power play. I think at the very least those should be ranked two. If it, if if he if this was an eighty-two game season, he would be on pace for oh, Jesus. thirty. This is gonna hurt. 30, 35 goals and forty assists, which puts him at seventy-five points. His best pace since two thousand fifteen sixteen. Well, wow. and and if you look at his history, doesn't Pavelski like? Didn't he have a nice run there of like over thirty goals every season? Yeah, he put up. Uh, you know, he was he constantly flirted with with twenty, and then he got thirty the one year, and then only sixteen, but it was a shortened season, and then forty one, thirty seven, thirty eight, um, and yeah. then twenty nine, twenty nine and twenty two. You know, which if that's a bad year, like pfft, sign me up, right? <laughs> yeah, and then back to thirty eight, his final year with the Sharks. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah good way to it. And he see now, might be good. Yeah, might be good. THC saying half of his goals are probably empty netters. I will guarantee you they are, in fact, not. In, uh, That's what we're going to find out. Yeah, we're going to find that out. I don't think, uh, if memory serves, I don't even know that Pavelski has an empty netter this season. But uh, it is what it is. Thanks for riding along with us tonight. Uh, this has been a, a horrible two weeks of hockey. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we try to be here to provide a little humor, a little entertainment, a little therapy for you. So thanks for riding with us. A uh, couple more of these. We're, we're, there's only nine more games left. That's that's the silver lining. There's only nine more of these you got to watch and, and sit through. Uh, so subscribe to our YouTube channel if you would please. Whatever podcast app you use, we would very much appreciate that. You can find everything on tealtownusa.com. And if you ever miss a show, you can always catch it on those platforms, on the website, and at YouTube on this channel. So. Hit that subscribe button. Remember to check out After Dark Post Game following every single Sharks game. And that's our show. Thanks for watching or listening. We will see you next week for episode 131. And hey, let me leave you with this. Can it really get any worse? It's like, watch me tempt fate.